Today, I bring you my interview with Qualcomm President Cristiano Mon, discussing how 5G may help solve some of the problems exposed by the coronavirus. Here's part one of my two-part conversation with them. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. So, Cristiano, the coronavirus changed everything. How did the problem exposed by the pandemic influence the shift in direction of 5G to become more of a solution to today's problems? You know, it's an it's an excellent question. It is one of the most significant uh, shifts in technology we have seen. I will I will describe to you, Roger, that what it would take the industry to re you know five, if not ten years, to realize the benefit of this technology. Uh, it w- it became clear to everyone in about uh, two quarters, ready or not for remote education, ready or not for remote medicine, ready or not to a fully connected workforce. Uh, workforce. I think everyone has to just, um, you know, find ways to it. And when you think of 5G as really the future of the internet, the connectivity with the cloud, this technology has been really designed to connect everything to the cloud 100% of the time in a reliable manner. The key solution as we think of accelerated digital transformation of our society and, and the continue, I think, digital transformation of the economy. And that's a great segue to like what I want to talk about, which is applications beyond the phone. But I want to just get a, a quick primer in terms of 2021. What does 5G look like? Is it just more 5G on more phones or are we actually gonna get some of those other broader solutions? Uh, it is It is both. Uh, definitely not discount the phones. Uh, we're like, we're very optimistic about 2021. We look at 2020 right now and the resilience of the phone market is incredible. We're gonna finish the year with uh, in excess of 200 million 5G phones, really showing that the transitions already occurring at scale in the device. We revise uh, our numbers when we look at 21, and uh, we have line of sight to probably in excess of 500 million 5G smartphones. And as the 5G smartphones become an even a larger percentage of uh, the new activations, we will see some of those 5G services uh, becoming, I think, more pervasive, especially as coverage is get, gets built. We'll see the the transformation of uh, video once again, and it's going to be as as uh, high definition 4K video will be as common as music, and uh, and we hope to eventually transform everyone in a professional quality broadcaster with their smartphone cameras and 5G connectivity to the cloud. People will share a lot more things. We're going to move towards unlimited data. We're going to see streaming of gaming, so mainstream gaming coming to smartphone devices, and for productivity. Uh, phones are going to change in how we use them. I, you know, like you and I are talking right now, and this type of experience that we have this video call, 5G made video telephony mainstream. And you know, uh, you know I'll, I'll go back to your to your, to your question uh, uh, beyond phones, but I want to make this point because it's fascinating. The wireless industry has been thinking since the 3G when when video telephony becomes the killer application. And uh, when you have a phone call without video today, it's not the same. And this is going to be how people are going to be using their phones, especially more for collaboration and productivity. But we also going to see in 21, the emergence of some of those new use cases for 5G 
actually transform other industries. And uh, one key element of that is uh, how we're going to start thinking about the future of the enterprise when all go back to when we go back to the office and how the office is going to like look like. You're going to see now the need to connect physical spaces and digital spaces, uh, and you're going to see 5G, you know, into the enterprise starting to do that. I point to a recent announcement I believe was made about uh, uh, you know millimeter wave and uh, Verizon Wireless uh, indoor uh, in into uh, start to begin the point of prices. We're going to see in the industrial uh, sector uh, connecting some of the manufacturing robots to the cloud as you move all of that IT infrastructure uh, to the cloud and uh, transformation in in the automotive space with connected cars. So we're at the very beginning of this big transition and we'll start to see very clear signs in 2021. You, you raised a lot of different topics. I want to get to a bunch of them. Let's start with telemedicine. Uh, you know, people this year were reluctant to see their doctors. They didn't want to go in person. They didn't want to get infected. And that really raised the need for more telemedicine. Now, that technology has been around for a long time, but it hasn't really been broadly ex accepted, either from doctors or from patients. How do you think 5G plays a role in making that more of a mainstream thing and making that more realistic for both doctors and patients. You know, the, the healthcare industry, uh, for for all the right reasons, has been uh, slower to adopt technology. But the necessity that we saw with the pandemic, you know, really accelerated this trend. Look, there's projections now that show that by 2030, if I'm not mistaken, 50% of all medical appointments in the United States are expected to be telehealth. And what 5G does for for this type of application, I think the reliability and bandwidth becomes very important. And, and I'll give you some practical example of what's happening right now. Not only the doctor's ability to connect with their patients and, and be able to have high uh, quality image in high definition uh, as you would have into you know, meeting someone in person in a physical consultation, but you now have the ability to exchange um, uh, diagnostic information, especially EMS exams. I'll give you an example. There's a very interesting project with 5G in the UK done by British Telecom, which was the 5G connected ambulance. When you actually have the ability uh, to get the paramedics and first responders to do uh, image exams into the ambulance and send that image in real time uh, to doctors in the hospital they're doing the diagnostic and, and basically facilitating uh, the process of triage and diagnostics as you go you know, from that straight to what the necessary treatment is. In Korea and in China, 5G connected to some of uh, our you know, ecosystem partners have built some wearable 360 cameras. The first responders in the ICU uh, where doctors and nurses were wearing and reporting the situation of many of patients, especially COVID patients in the ICU, to a panel of doctors that could, you know, uh, see what was happening, have, uh, you know, discussion with them and discuss, you know, different alternatives of treatment. So this is happening in an accelerated uh, 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 pace. And uh, when you think about the role of 5G, is about basically expanding the reach of medicine as you'll be able to connect in, in you know, doctors and patients uh, regardless of locations will we'll transcend the boundaries even across countries. And that's a, it's an incredible opportunity we have. 
so I want to talk about some of those challenges because, as I've noted, this, some of this technology for telemedicine has been around for a while. The adoption hasn't been that great. What are some of the biggest hurdles? Are they regulatory? Is it uh, consumer? The fact that consumers aren't necessarily comfortable having these diagnoses done remotely. What and, and how does the coronavirus or how did the coronavirus situation change all that? Uh, the points the points you mentioned uh, they're 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 all, they're all a factor. It's uh, you know regulatory is one of them, but also. Uh, uh, behavior on on consumers as well, uh, the companies, the, phys the physicians, and I think the pandemic provided the catalytic event that accelerated that. But there's also a technology. You know, if we always have been a big fan of uh, you know connecting healthcare, and the transition of 5G probably gave it a technology that enabled that to happen for this industry as um, mission critical. Uh, and and bandwidth and reliability and latent low latency uh, are necessary ingredients, and that's the first time you bring mission critical uh, capabilities to wireless is with five G. So moving on, I want to talk a little bit about remote learning. I've got a one year old and a four year old, and, and like a lot of other parents, I struggled to get my kids to, or at least my four year old, to focus on an iPad on a Zoom call with their teachers. I'm curious how, and if, from the work you guys have done, how you sort of see 5G playing a role in making remote learning more of a thing, more of a practical uh, and, and interesting and engaging experience for students and, and really even adults and kids as well. It's a fascinating topic of discussion because also besides, uh, you know, technology solving a real problem uh, we're facing now globally, it creates the potential also to bring significant improvements in education. And, uh, and I'll, I'll start in reverse order. T today, in many aspects, even within our own cities, within our states, within you know, our country, you can argue that uh, you know, quality of education could vary based on location. And uh, the ability to remotely connect you know, uh, quality education and students on on a regional level and on a global level. It's an incredible you know, opportunity to increase the reach of quality education and improve, uh, have an ongoing improvement of quality of something that is so important and vital uh, for our society. And, and going back to the first part of the question is the ability, the ability to connect uh, kids to teachers in an immersive environment is what 5G can do. And, and with the new technologies of virtual reality and augmented reality that is now been made possible by 5G, as you have the bandwidth, the connectivity uh, to the cloud, uh, you create a completely different experience uh, in, in digital learning versus trying to mimic the classroom by just, you know, with a video call. And when you try to find out, you know, how do I get the whiteboard? How do I get, uh, you know, some of those things I have in the classroom, which are still going to be important. And I, I believe the future is going to be hybrid. But now you can try to rethink about the digital space, not as a recreation of the classroom, but bring some immersive capabilities such as virtual reality and augmented reality enabled by, by 5G. And, and I think that's an incredible opportunity that we have ahead of us. Yeah, you bring up VR and AR, which are you know, sort of other technologies that, that seem to be relying on 5G to really get a, a sort of boosting growth. Uh, 
I know when it comes to education, it's not just about throwing a 5G connection on top of a school or at home. And AR, VR are great examples. Of what are some of the examples of the ways you're thinking about taking advantage of 5G to improve or uh, make that education experience more engaging? One, one thing that we as a company, uh, when we look at the uh, overall benefits of technology, we, we've been very proud and privileged really to look of the, how much wireless have contributed to bridge the digital divide. Uh, you know, looking into 4G smartphones in many cases and for many countries was the first ever connection with the internet. So the phone had an incredible role in bridging the digital divide across the board and including its role in education. But when you think to your question, going to the next level, uh, we see an incredible new opportunity, which is applies to education and other sectors, which is uh, it has the potential to democratize computing. So when you think of uh, computers today, you have the ability to connect to the internet, but if you wanna do some very advanced computing workloads, you need workstations. And 5G can bring not only to students, but to the enterprise in general, the ability for you to uh, harness the power, infinite computing power of the cloud and bring that in real time so that it's completely transparent to you if you're running that application on your PC, on your phone or in the cloud. And basically the democratization of computing power will allow a revolution in, in uh, the potential of learning as well as how you empower a workforce. And that could be the next big transition in bridge, bridging the digital divide that we're gonna see in the 5G era, in addition to what happened in a 4G smartphone, which is connecting to the internet. You know, it's a great segue, because I wanna talk about bridging the digital divide. In fact, that there's still at least 18 million Americans who can't get adequate broadband. How does 5G help close that gap? Is it just phones or is it hotspots? And, or is this another instance where you know, the have-nots are usually the last in line when it comes to getting access to the new technologies. That's another, uh, you know, topic related uh, with uh, identification of gaps that became very, very visible with the pandemic. Uh, there is no question today in anyone's mind the difference between having broadband and not having broadband. But the good news is for the first time in wireless, we actually have a technology with 5G that has the ability to uh, augment fiber. You know, 5G is the elevator pitch of 5G is wireless fiber. And we're seeing significant traction with operators around the world using this technology to help connect the unconnected uh, using wireless to reach them with broadband. As just to give an order of magnitude, when we look out within the next 10 years, we expect uh, in fixed uh, or uh, wireline broadband uh, that to have a 5G component in more than 25 percent, you know, of the of the new deployments, and we're very excited about that. And as example, we demonstrated with companies like Verizon Wireless and Ericsson the ability to have a technology which is 5G millimeter wave. Um, over five kilometers of range, which is incredible opportunity for you to start connecting some, uh, uh, you know, rural properties in America as well as some neighborhoods that don't have fiber reach. And uh, 5G will play its role in in help 
you know, close that broadband gap. And it is a necessity of the society as we look at the current environment. That's the end of part one of our two-part conversation with Cristiano Amon of Qualcomm. Tomorrow, we'll take a quick look at Samsung's latest flagship smartphone, and you can check back in on Friday for the rest of this conversation. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash dailycharge. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.